By choosing plant-based alternatives, we reduce the demand for seafood, alleviating the pressure on the oceans. Creative solutions are the best contributions we make. Welcome to the Creative Solutions Podcast. This episode is brought to you by my Beach Read Bundle. Buy my book, The Fiddler's Talisman, and get the sequel, The Piano's Key, half off. This special bundle is on sale through June 21st, the first day of summer. It's also brought to you by the Brain FM app and this podcast host, Podbean. Also, follow the podcast on Instagram or TikTok and check out our shop for merch, music, and musings. The links are all in the show notes. Hello and welcome to the Creative Solutions Podcast. I'm your host, Isolde Trachtenberg. Thank you so much for being here. This is another Vegan Life Solutions episode. I am excited to talk to you about this transformative journey. I'm doing a 10-episode series on veganism and the environment, essentially vegan and the planet Earth. And today, I want to dive deep into the vast expanse of our oceans to explore a topic of serious importance, ocean health, and the powerful ripple effect of veganism. Join in as I uncover the far-reaching consequences of the fishing industry and discover how choosing plant-based vegan alternatives can restore our ocean's vitality and protect precious marine ecosystems. Before I do that, though, I want to talk a little bit about this past weekend I'm so excited about having been a part of the Passaic Book Festival, the Passaic County Book Festival welcomed me, and I got to work with a lot of really incredible librarians that are really bringing books to the forefront in that community, and it was really amazing to meet authors, to meet the general public, people who are interested in reading books of all sorts, and the people, the organizers, Luca and Patty and so many other people and the volunteers are all incredible people. And I'm shouting out to you all to thank you for putting on such a great festival. It was the second year, and I hope to be invited back next year because I had an absolute blast. And I want to talk a little bit about the books. The books are the books that I've written, whether they are something like Speak From Within, which is all about how to engage, motivate, inspire audiences, whether you're an interview or whether you are speaking to 500 or 1,000 people. A lot of those techniques are the same, and that's what that book is about. And of course, I am in the middle of the project of recording the audiobook while I'm not recording it. My wonderful friend, the actor Miranda Roldan, is recording the audiobook of Die by the Sword, which is the first book in the Cassie Belmont murder mystery series. And last but not least, we had a lot of fun with the functional tarot. We had a great time where people were coming up, choosing a card, and I would tell them what it meant. And this is one of those things where people kept getting other people excited and involved. And this is a marketing thing, I guess. I was doing it because I wanted people to come to the table, but I didn't realize how effective it would be. So that's something that I'm going to put in my toolbox for future festivals. A way to reach out to people when you are trying to communicate with them is to give them something fun like that. Some people had candy, some people had 
little prizes. I had tarot card readings and that was super fun. Also, I want to remind you that I am super excited about the Meditation for Busy People class that's coming out very soon in the next few weeks. That's almost done. I am in the final stretch. Super excited about that. Basically, if you are interested in meditating but feel like you don't have time, if you want to build those mindfulness and awareness skills like we talked about in last week's episode, uh, you are going to want this class because it's really five-minute meditations. You don't have to sit on a cushion for an hour at a time. You can build a mindfulness and meditation practice in just five minutes, and Meditation for Busy People is going to help you do that. More on that at the end of the episode. All righty, so let's get back to our oceans. The oceans are the lifeblood of our planet, right? They're most of the surface of the planet, 70 some odd percent, is covered by water. Most of that is salt water. Some of that is brackish. Some of that is fresh. If we stop to think about how little of the fresh water that is actually potable, that is actually available for all of the species on the entire planet to drink, it would boggle your brain. So protecting our waters is incredibly important. And yet... The fishing industry has cast a shadow on the oceans, and I want to reveal the hidden costs of our seafood consumption and understand the profound impact of the choices billions of people make every single day. To help paint the picture, imagine the ocean as a vast canvas adorned with tons of colors and life. Each creature from the smallest plankton to the mightiest whales plays a crucial role in maintaining the delicate balance of this masterpiece. However, when the fishing industry casts its nets indiscriminately, it disrupts the harmony, depleting fish populations and jeopardizing the integrity of the entire ecosystem. Veganism, on the other hand, offers a beacon of hope. It's I want you to look at it like to keep the analogy going, a brush stroke of change that can restore the vibrant colors and restore the symphony to its harmonious state. One of the things that I want to remind you is, of course, I am vegan, so I don't think we should be fishing at all. And this set of episodes is talking specifically about veganism and the environment. So you're going to hear me talk about the fishing industry and animal agriculture. But I do want you to understand that I'm always going to support a no fishing no animal agriculture stance. But let's delve into the consequences of the fishing industry on our oceans. Overfishing, destructive fishing practices, and the alarming bycatch have become widespread issues that threaten marine life and upset the fragile equilibrium of these ecosystems. Imagine massive trawlers dragging their nets across the ocean floors, leading destruction in their wake, demolishing precious habitats such as coral reefs and entangling countless victims. Now, I want to say that in this case, I think all the animals, all of the fish, all of the sea life that is being entangled in, in nets is an unintended victim for me because, I again, I'm vegan. But I want you to remember that I'm talking about this from the perspective of veganism and our oceans. And veganism emerges as a power, powerful solution. By choosing plant-based alternatives, we reduce the demand for seafood, alleviating the pressure on the oceans. 
With every vegan meal, every plant-based meal we eat, we send a resounding message, a call for sustainable alternatives and an end to the destructive practices that plunder our oceans and seas. Now, let's explore the transformative ripple effect of veganism on ocean health. As we shift away from consuming fish and embrace plant-based alternatives, we give our oceans a chance to recover and thrive. Just like a pebble dropped into calm water, this choice creates a ripple effect that reverberates throughout the marine world. Imagine a vibrant coral reef teeming with life, the heart of the ocean's biodiversity. As fish populations rebound, they assume their roles as guardians, preserving the delicate balance and nurturing the health and diversity of these underwater wonders. But our journey doesn't end with personal choices. Education and advocacy are vital catalysts for change. By sharing our knowledge and experiences, we can empower others to make conscious decisions that support marine ecosystems. Engaging in conversations with friends, family, and colleagues about the consequences of the fishing industry and the benefits of plant-based alternatives can create that ripple effect of awareness and inspire action. So... As I near the conclusion of this episode, I want to invite you to take action and explore how you can make a difference in ocean health through veganism. Dive deeper into the topic and seek out resources, documentaries, and there are tons of them, and books, tons of them too. Uh, Blue Gold is a a really interesting uh, look at the oceans from a slightly different perspective. It's about the privatization of the world's water systems, but there are so many documentaries go go look at Jacques Cousteau some of his really old documentaries are probably on YouTube I encourage you to do that too because there is a profound connection between our dietary choices and the fate of our oceans educate yourself engage in those meaningful discussions and be the voice that sparks change and I invite you to subscribe to the podcast and certainly uh, keep listening to these Friday Vegan Life Solutions episodes. We are halfway through this 10-episode series. I am incredibly excited to be doing this because I think that's one of the ways that we don't think about veganism as often as we do about the plight of all of the animals that suffer. And don't get me wrong. Obviously, I'm, I am vegan for the animals and there are other ways to look at this. And that is that we can do something by being vegan or by going plant-based, by eating less uh, dead animal, you make a powerful choice on behalf of the planet itself. Especially in this week, as I talked about with the oceans, there is an incredible amount of destruction that takes place on these marine ecosystems that frankly we cannot live without just like last week i talked about the carbon footprint and the week before i talked about rainforests and how the destruction for example of the amazon rainforest is going to long term affect the air we breathe because that rainforest is responsible for producing 22% of the air all of the air breathing species need the oceans are also one of those incredible uh, resources and ecosystems, part of the biosphere, it's all interconnected and interdependent. And so when we indiscriminately kill millions, billions of fish every year, and other marine life as well, 
we are decimating a vital part of the biosphere, a vital part of the ecosystem. And this is not sustainable. Now, I know that sustainability is only one part of the equation. To me, conservation really becoming the stewards we were meant to be, the residents we were meant to be of this planet. We have the ability to be stewards because we have the brains that allow us to create tools. And yet, we're also part of it. I, I mean, there's no better way of saying it. We are part of this biosphere. We're a very dangerous part. We're a destructive part. I sort of agree with Mr. Smith, or was it Mr. Jones in The Matrix, who said that humans are a virus. We go into a healthy environment and we plunder it of all its resources and then we leave and go on to the next one and the problem with that of course is that the earth cannot possibly recuperate enough and regenerate enough for the amount of plundering our species specifically is doing the vast majority of other animal life on the planet never takes more than it needs and we often take more than we need. So that's something for us to think about and that's something for us to do something about. And I'm always gonna be talking about being vegan for the animals and part of the conversation that we can really talk about is that there is uh, vegan for the animals and also for the oceans and for the trees and for <laughs> and for ourselves. Right there. I mean, we can talk about veganism and, and your individual health, even though I'm not a nutritionist or a doctor, but studies have shown that that's something that's out there, that veganism promotes a healthier life. And for me, it's always going to be about the animals, ultimately always about the animals. Yet there are other aspects of this that we can think about. And I encourage you to come back next week because I'm going to be talking even more about veganism and another part of our biosphere, about the our part about us and what we can do to save the earth from this perspective. All right. I want to talk to you about the class. I'm very excited about the meditation class, Meditation for Busy People, in part because most of us spend a lot of time being at least a little anxious Right. I don't know anybody who isn't at least a little tiny bit anxious. Right. I mean, are you a little anxious right now? Is there something you're worried about? For me, I have to say that I, uh, with my history, with my background, I am anxious a lot of the time. Frankly, I spend a fair chunk of my time being anxious, and uh, that's because I learned to be hypervigilant from when I was a child. So the way that I deal with my anxiety is I drop into meditation or I do breath work. So that's that's me. I get very mindful. I focus or I go into my breathing exercises in order to deal with some of my hypervigilance. Hypervigilance comes often from early childhood trauma. And I lived in a war zone in Israel when I was a child. And I survived an abusive household. My father was emotionally, psychologically and physically abusive. And so for me, uh, that translates into taking care of everybody all the time and being hypervigilant that something might go wrong. And I use meditation to deal with it, to to function much more <laughs> easily than I would if I didn't meditate. And so one of the things that I'm doing right now is I'm sort of going through uh, 
I'm going through the reasons I meditate, in part for preparing to do this class and release the class in the beginning of July, but in part also to think about why are you doing this, Isolde, right? <laughs> for me, one of my big life lessons is to get over feeling bad or outraged or worried about being accused of something that I didn't do or when someone else misunderstands something and doesn't ask for clarification, right? That's another reason I meditate because I'm going to give you an example. This morning, I received a message from an upcoming podcast guest that they were canceling their interview or actually they had already canceled it. And they did it because they were confused by the podcast reasoning. I'm not sure what that means. So I immediately sort of emailed and said, well, I'm not sure what this means. Let me clarify if I can. They didn't contact me to get clarification about anything. They didn't ask any questions. They just canceled. And instead of letting it go and going, well, they aren't meant to be on my show, I started worrying about what I could have done differently. And that's that hypervigilance. And that's one of the reasons that I drop into meditation because you know what? I need to chill. <laughs> I'm going to be very honest about that. The hypervigilance is one of those things that can raise anxiety pretty quickly. And I need to chill because why they chose to do what they chose to do ultimately is none of my business. If I can help answer some questions, I'd be delighted to, but it's not something I can do something about. Right. And so here's the thing. I want to make sure every guest on my show, every guest on this podcast has an amazing experience. And these folks have canceled before because things came up. So it's pretty clear on sort of a grander scale to me that they aren't meant to be on the show. And yet, since I still want to elevate vegan businesses, especially ones that have great candy bars, uh, I want to make sure that there are no misunderstandings and that they have all the information they need to make informed decisions. So Honestly, that's where my, oh, what can I do to make things better? What can I do to fix it thing is coming from? Yes, some of it is hypervigilance and anxiety, but a lot of it is if there's a misunderstanding, then I would like to clear it up because I would still like to have them on my show, right? That's important to me. Yet, if I were truly a Zen master, I would let it go. I'd be like, well, it's not meant to be. And as it is, like almost everybody else who meditates, my practice is and always will be a work in progress. So I'm not yet able to let it go. Well, actually, now that I'm talking to you about it, actually, I have let it go. I'm kind of going, you know what? They're not meant to be on the show. Uh, you know, I, I sort of want to go and, and breathe out and let it go. And when I meditated outside today after doing my Tai Chi, I, I started feeling a lot more at peace about all of this. I will honestly be bummed not to have them on the show, but there are other cool people to interview who vibe with what I'm doing, right? They vibe. There are people coming up on the show who really are like Paul Rodney Turner, who is the founder of Food for Life Global. They feed, especially kids, all over the world in 65 different countries. And he and his wife run Juliana's Animal Sanctuary, which is the only animal sanctuary in all of Colombia, South America. So there you go, right? They, he's already done his interview. I'm going to have her interview. Those are the people I'm interested in talking to. Jean Bauer of Farm Sanctuary has been on the show. Kathy Stevens, uh, of Catskill Animal Sanctuary has been on the show. Uh, 
uh, Chef Guy Vaknin, who is uh, the a restaurateur of, he's got four, I think, different vegan restaurants in New York City, has been on the show. Lots and lots of cool vegans have been on the show. Captain Paul Watson, who uh, is an amazing man and preserving marine marine wildlife in our oceans. He's he's also been on the show. So when I think about my goals as far as this show goes, my goals are to elevate and tell the story of people who are coming up with those creative solutions to some of our biggest challenges, especially in the vegan space, especially because it's crucial as far as I'm concerned for the animals and also for the survival of the entire set of species that shares this planet. Ultimately, we are not going to be able to keep doing this. We're not going to be able to keep raping the biosphere and, and you know, borrowing from Peter to pay Paul long term. Ultimately, the planet cannot sustain it. So talking to people and getting their stories to you is one of the things that makes me light up. I am super excited about the opportunity to do that. And so when I think about these folks who decided, you know what, we're not going to do it in part because they were confused. And that's cool. I understand if you're confused. To me, as a communicator, I want to go, okay, what are you confused about? How can I clear things up? If I can't clear them up for you, that's cool. I will move on. You will move on. Uh, you know, I hope, I wish them nothing but the best and all the success in the world because, again, they make cool vegan candy bars. And yet it would have been cool to have them on the show, right? So I'm not sure exactly what it's all about. And unless and until they respond to my email, I can't know. And my mission here is to sort of become okay with it. And that is why I meditate. So if you have issues with stuff like that in your life, I encourage you to <laughs> go and breathe. Because I feel grateful for my meditation practice because it can bring an immediate change to my perspective. That's one of the things that I so love about meditating. It brings a shift in point of view, especially if I'm realizing that I'm that I'm clenching my fists metaphorically and I'm holding on super tight. Meditating, dropping into that space, even for a few minutes, will change how I feel, how I behave, and really how I am in the world of my life. And that is the point. That's what made me go, you know what, it's time to create a class on this so that other people who might be going through that kind of time of life might have an opportunity in just five minutes a day to do the same thing. I'm going to be super excited to share the class with you when it comes out. I'm still aiming for a July 1st uh, release of the class. Here's hoping it happens. If you have questions about it, I would love to hear from you. Because, uh, yeah, part of my mission is to help everybody chill out a little. <laughs> my friend Lori uh, has a fabulous Lori Childs, if you're in Massachusetts and you need a great role for she's amazing. But her, the name of her business was Chill Out Massage Therapy because <laughs> she really, she said that she was at one point riding the subway back when she lived in D.C. She was riding the subway down into D.C. for work and everybody was stressed. And D.C. is a cauldron. It's a pit of stress. It's one of the reasons I had to move to New York City to relax. Anyway, she was riding the, the metro down there. They call it the metro. She was riding the metro to work and everybody seemed so stressed. And she said... I think everybody should just chill out 
And that was how she named her company. And she's still Chill Out Massage Therapy. I think that's a great story. And it's really true. If we can help people, her through massage, me through mindfulness and meditation and sort of self-talk can help you chill out a little when you need it most. And that's so important. That's something that we forget to talk about. And I kind of want to talk about it right now. One of the things that is the worst thing you can do when someone is stressing out or freaking out is to tell them to calm down, right? That's like the worst thing you can say to someone who is stressed out is go, calm down. They will probably metaphorically swat you on the nose with the rolled up newspaper. So don't do that. (laughs) But, or and, if you're stressed out and you can yourself kind of go, oh, wow, I am stressed. I need to chill for a minute. And you can kind of go, you know what, what would it take? And you can drop into your breath, or you can do a creative visualization, or you can do a focusing meditation for just a few minutes. I am willing to bet you dollars to vegan donuts that you will be more relaxed and more able to respond properly and appropriately to whatever's going on that was making you stressed out to begin with. That is the point, is that these meditations are not going to be, oh, for the next hour, I'm going to sit on a cushion. They're going to be more a five-minute thing, first thing in the morning to get me prepared for the day. And even more importantly, when something happens to really stress you out, if you can eke out a minute or two minutes or, or the full five and go do that meditation, it will help transform how you approach the rest of the thing that you now have to deal with, whatever it is. And that's why I do what I do. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'm super excited to have you uh, know more about the meditation class and my own meditation journey and dealing with anxiety through meditation. And I hope you enjoyed the Vegan Life Solutions portion of veganism and our oceans. Until next time, as always, I am Isolde Trachtenberg for the Creative Solutions podcast, reminding you to be bold, be creative, and most of all, be kind. Thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate you being here. Please subscribe to the podcast if you're new, and it would mean the world to me if you told a friend about it. Today's episode was produced by Isolde Trachtenberg and is copyright 2023. As always, please remember this is for educational and entertainment purposes only. Past performance does not guarantee future results, although we can always hope. Until next time, keep living what you believe in. (music) Thank you.